he will deal with them upon the principles of righteousness and equity, and a just reward will be granted unto them for all their afflictions and suffering for the truth's sake. And as judgment is also an attribute of the deity, his saints can have the most unshaken confidence that they will, in due time, obtain a perfect deliverance out of the hands of all their enemies and a complete victory over all those who have sought their hurt and destruction. And as mercy is also an attribute of the deity, his saints can have confidence that it will be exercised toward them. And through the exercise of that attribute towards them, comfort and consolation will be administered unto them abundantly amid all their afflictions and tribulations. And lastly, realizing that truth is an attribute of the deity, the mind is led to rejoice amid all its trials and temptations in hope of that glory, which is to be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in view of that crown, which is to be placed upon the heads of the saints in that day, when the Lord shall distribute rewards unto them. And in prospect of that eternal weight of glory, which the Lord has promised to bestow upon them, when he shall bring them in the midst of his throne to dwell in his presence eternally. I don't know, that's like a really powerful verse to me this week on how beautifully God has planned everything out for us. Um, Jamie here in our uh, in-person uh, was saying how balanced this is. You know, some people have one of these characteristics or another um, to some degree, but but looking at deity and how balanced all of those um, attributes really are is, is quite beautiful. And uh, this verse just goes to show what the outcome or what the um, the blessings are that we can receive out of a perfect deity that has these attributes. Um, anyway, I, I just love that, that summary there that, that verse 17 kind of provides. Cameron, I that that verse is the one that stood up stood out to me um, the most as well, and I felt like I need to go back and really like spend time like line by line, really like taking that in. Um, and I just think the overall impression that I was left with was like just how critical it is and always has been but especially will be to com completely understand God's character and these attributes in in these last days um and and how merciful he is to give us this information and under and and that the understanding is available you know just feel mm -hmm. so loving and just again that like perfect father right so anyways that's kind of that feeling i got when i was looking at that verse as well mm -hmm. yeah i love it i did have a question i wanted to ask um as i was going through these attributes and they they obviously i mean they make sense but I will, so, but I did want to ask regarding, you know, faith, and then it says um, faith, 
or power, you know, kind of, you know, they're, they're essentially like the same thing, right? Faith was linked to power. And, and so I, and, and that by that power, that was how God created everything. Um, so I kind of like, I can see and I can, it makes sense to me how me having faith in him gives me power. Mm -hmm. um, but I still, for some reason, I can't quite, my mind can't quite like picture how faith is power for God and like what that looks like. Anyways, I don't even know how to ask it, but does that make, do you have thoughts around that? Uh -huh. Yeah, I think that that's a, a super important principle to, to ask ourselves, right? Like, <clears throat> to what degree do we need faith in order to exercise power? And, and how does God use his his power in order to create and to to order things right um well which lecture was that was that lecture second um that gave part of that let's see there's something popping in my head but i can't remember which page it's on just a second um but how he isn't it, isn't it in page, just page two where faith give and you have enough action you have enough faith to act on it and i thought it was i thought that's where it was but maybe it's a different one but i thought it was the action of it mm -hmm. is that not what let's see so um it's not exactly what I was thinking, but uh, that's a great one. So um, in lecture one, where it says, but faith is not only a principle of action, but of power also in all intelligent beings, whether in heaven or on earth. And um, it goes through that, that power principle there. Yeah. What, um, so that was in lecture two. I how quickly my mind. Um, let's see. That was lecture, lecture one. Or lecture one. Do you know what verse that was that you were just quoting? Uh -huh, yeah, that was verse 13. Verse 13? Yeah, one verse okay. 13. Um, the thing that I was trying to think of, I'm pretty sure it was in second lecture, but I can't find it all of a sudden, so maybe it's not. But um, anyway, where it, it's talking about that, that even God works by faith, right? Like his um, power and uh, ability to create and, and order things is centered around the principle of faith it's, as well. It's number 16. It says he had, if it, had it not been for the principle of faith, the worlds would never have been framed. Neither would man have been formed of the dust. It is the principle which Jehovah works and through which he exercises power over all temporal as well as eternal things. Take mm -hmm. this principle or attitude, for it is an attitude from the deity and it would cease to exist. 
So it's mm. all faith. Faith is the whole basis for for God, for deity, for worlds, for everything. What it would it says for for it is an attribute from the deity he he would cease to exist he wouldn't even exist without it so that's i mean wow that's pretty all-encompassing yeah <laughs> what verse was that kathy um uh, sorry i just switched the page hold on oh that's okay um I can. lecture 24 one. is 24 on first lecture oh okay okay um yeah i i guess See, we're just like little babies sorry we're just like little kids in preschool like we don't even have like we're just like beginning learning the alphabet of faith i think absolutely well i know i am it just yeah what my what my thoughts around it have been and i can see that i've so haven't even scratched the surface of what it is and yeah. Yeah. I love it. So like something that always pops in my head every time that we're talking about like power specifically, right? And so um here in, in lecture fourth, where it's talking about faith and power and everything, um, my mind always goes back to President Nelson's talk on the price of priesthood power. Um, so he he just gets done uh talking about uh, that organ player that sat down went to press on the keys but there was no sound yeah and he, he whispers he has no power and so um well brethren in like manner i fear that there are too many men who have been given the authority of the priesthood but who lack priesthood power because of the flow of power has been blocked by sins such as laziness dishonesty pride immorality a preoccupation with things of the world I fear that there are too many priesthood bearers who have done little or nothing to develop their ability to access the powers of heaven. I worry about all who are impure in their thoughts, feelings, actions, or who demean their wives or children, thereby cutting off priesthood power. I mean, he goes on, but um, if if faith is kind of synonymous with power here in, in the lectures on faith, I mean, they go hand in hand, right? And And it takes work to develop faith it takes correct uh ideas of deity it takes um uh, let's see I'm trying to <laughs> do a perfect quote but it's just not going to work so i'm going to get it it's lecture third verse three um lecture third verse three first the idea that he actually exists secondly a correct idea of his character, perfections, and attributes. And then thirdly, an actual knowledge that the course of life which he is pursuing is according to his will. And so I think that that is so powerfully taught by President Nelson here that, yes, there, there are many who are given authority, but many who lack actual power because of quite a few things um, that that hinder our actual knowledge that the course of life which we're living is according to his will and um so i think that that's a powerful principle um in our development of faith i think my experience with lectures on faith is like oh man like there's so much here that um i've had a 
a skewed perspective on or or just didn't know about kind of a thing um but then also bringing it back home and going okay now what do i do with this how do i actually get that power and um looking at lecture fourth here with these six different attributes um is just i don't know it, it teaches it so powerfully um how we can approach deity by likewise assimilating these characteristics and attributes in our own lives and demeanor like we can't approach him until we are like him and um anyway that was kind of bumbling around but <laughs> if that that made sense um as we likewise try to uh, um gain these attributes for ourselves and, and learn uh, about deity in that way. I think that that's very powerful. For sure it is. Um, it for sure is. And I, and it's just, as you say that it is just making those stories in the scriptures around like, you know people coming to know god and the struggle it was and in in really getting getting to where they knew him enough to have uh that relationship or that you know that phys uh face-to-face -face, oh, sorry <laughs> that face-to-face -face, uh encounter or whatever like and it, it is like they had to wrestle and and it was it was the wrestle was this like it was that getting to know his character and his attributes and like you're saying so that then they could then they could then they could see him then they could communicate with him right like Mm -hmm. anyways it's just so amazing how this comes together <laughs> yeah um so just a question real quick sorry to keep asking uh, <laughs> but um so so as you you were quoting that talk from president nelson because that kind of reminded me kind of a follow-up re regarding the faith as power thing how and, you know, you brought up the priesthood power and, and how, you know, anyways, what is needed to access that. So how, so that's kind of, I think I've had in my, my mind was like the, the way God does things is through priesthood power, but then I'm reading that he created things with faith and stuff. How do you tie those together or... I don't know. Do you have a thought on that? Um, I, I think that they're kind of like lecture uh, fourth uh, treats them. I mean, they're kind of one in the same faith or, or in other words, power. Um, as we get the authority to, to act in his name and uh, different things, you know, male and female uh, with, with priesthood here that, um, we start learning and, and growing in it. It the difference is that that God's is is actually perfect. It's perfected where we're just got the training wheels kind of thing, right? Um, but that uh, I think 
priesthood power and, and faith is basically just kind of one in the same as far as my thoughts go i don't know what uh, everybody else has to say but um kind of what it seems like to me so what do you think i mean because i yeah i can see like the 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 greater empowerment with the priesthood power but i don't know i it seems like i see i i've met quite a few people from other faiths that seem to have an enormous amount of faith I don't know so I guess I'm just trying to think like how that or is it just maybe like you can have these levels of power and just having the the priesthood powers like you're saying closer to I mean it can be more um kind of a higher level closer to god's power <laughs> i'm yeah. trying to think out loud and it's not going well <laughs> no I, I i'm following you now because um how i was treating it was a, a little bit different so like yeah when we're talking about other people um who are exercising great faith but might not have priesthood authority right, right. and so i think it does come down to to the actual authority to uh, or keys, right, to enact ordinances um, and perform those those kind of things. Um, but at the same time, that faith is available to to all of God's creations um, mm -hmm. as we um, learn about Him and, and grow in those principles. That we can have um, uh, exceeding faith and uh, and things. Whereas priesthood power, that's the, the one difference there is is the authority to act in his name, um, especially in certain circumstances like ordinances, et cetera, is how I would yeah. kind of define it. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. And it, yeah, because you, yeah, the faith does empower, does empower people, but yeah, to actually act in his name you know, use that power to act in his name does require that priesthood power, you know, mm -hmm. acting in that authority. So, okay. I think that. that Another thing I picked up on was how many times it says exercise. And I got on the call late, so I don't know if you've already talked about this. Have you already talked about it? Nope. Just how many times, especially um in the questions and i haven't read through all of them today but it's it says exercise so many times so then when i looked up exercise it's an activity that requires physical or mental exertion and it's the active use of something so it's that act the exercise is the active use of faith and I was thinking of it like exercise, like practicing it. Mm -hmm. Did you find? Did you find it? Okay, there you go. So you found. Yeah, it. I just highlighted all the exercises there. There's 38 of them just in lecture fourth. Like, yeah, very there's a lot of exercise. So I feel like it's to me it's in the it says active use, but I also think it feels like practice, like like you know, yeah. like um the prophets talk sounded like more like practice and exercise would fit in that in my in my mind mm -hmm. um 
to practice it. And there you go. You found it. You're so good at that. <laughs> but yeah, Webster's Dictionary. It's like my new favorite thing. I, just I know. But every I, word there. You're so good at pulling it up. Um, use or practice to acquire skill. Look at seven. Preparatory mm -hmm. pra practice. Oh, yeah. I like that. Preparatory practice. Yeah. Exertion of the mind. Like there, an active, an act of divine worship. Look at 10. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I think it's just, I mean, as many times as we talked about Peter walking on the water, it really is just pra practicing, practicing. So we, and it's actively using it, right? Yeah. I love that. Because, I mean, without someone, like it goes back to like lecture first, right? Without someone, well, sorry, lecture second with the whole Adam and human testimony thing. So someone tells us that there is a God. And so we start experimenting and then exercising this until we can grow and have our own personal experiences. And then comes the whole shebang it comes full circle but it it requires exercise it's not just something that is granted to somebody oh you have exceeding faith boom there you go it, it comes from um that <laughs> that whole list of of things in the, the dictionary there i, I love which, every one of them right which ties in totally with the prophets talk that you brought up that mm. people are living below their power because they aren't practicing it they aren't exercising it they are right mm -hmm. yeah like it ties it so much because they're not they're not active i don't know yeah i love it he talks about you know spiritual earthquakes and and all of that um but but he asks what are we willing to do are we willing to pray fast study seek worship and serve as men of god so that we can have that kind of priesthood power he's like basically a call to exercise right like are you willing to do work because this is going to to take a lot of work um and is faith like a muscle like actually like a muscle yeah i love that that's really i love those thoughts um yeah it makes me want to really kind of ponder on like where do I have opportunities to exercise that muscle that I'm not right taking mm -hmm. advantage of or that I'm not because because initially I'm kind of like oh okay well I haven't been asked to do something like so grand or like this huge leap of faith but yet you know there's opportunities all the time so yeah I think my eyes need to be open to that <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah because i think we see it like the little the little itty bitty faith is like a little seed when planted it will grow but we don't think of it like holy crap like <laughs> we can seriously make some major you know we can have power we can make things happen with him not on us not ourselves obviously but like we can do i mean <laughs> that last one we said what was it without faith god would not even be deity would not even be i mean that 
that right there shows and we know our potential but I think we just like oh faith is like a little seed when planted it will grow like (laughs) yeah (laughs) or just kind of living beneath the privileges you know like that's a primary level and we need to to amp it up start exercising a little bit more yeah we need some start doing some squats (laughs) i love it wait can you imagine just being in the school of the prophets during lecture fourth and what that must have felt like the aha moments and the you know ability to, to to ask others that have seen deity like okay so what you're telling me is that i need to do this okay so how can i you know like all of the the questions that have been brought up and and stuff like get answers from people who have actually achieved it have seen him and and know what it takes um and and we see the outcomes uh, we talked about it a lot of that these men were able to refine their characters and develop the faith exercise it over a period of time and come into his presence and then they go out on missions and start bringing in people and anyway it's just quite amazing to take a look at the preparations for the the school of the prophets and the outcomes and um what this can actually do and (laughs) like like we said okay so now what how do i some squats we need to start doing yeah some of this this exercise here and what does that look like just like president nelson says go to the lord because he knows exactly what you need on your journey right now in this process so well and i think too you can take it on a daily basis if i really had that much faith if i really had enough faith what would i really do like would i dare do these certain things that are kind of scary or say these kind of things that are you know and be brave little be a little more more brave with my testimony or be a little more assertive in things that scare me or like you know test it i mean i had a bishop that would say if you don't know then test it it's like how can we test it and i think it won't grow until you test it just like just like pumping iron you have to see how okay i can't lift that one but i can do this one until i can get up to that one it's the same right I lost. I, I I was agreeing with you, but I was muted. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I tell you, I'm I've been loving like this whole principle as it ties into this other thing I'm studying with like Joe Dispenza. So this is like. So a- let me ask you about Joe Dispenza. Uh huh. Whenever I listen to him, I have a weird feeling. I don't. I can't. Oh yeah. I, like I don't agree with everything he says. No, so. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just. I just want I I want to find I can't for some reason I can't get where you are with Joe Dispenza I don't know why <laughs> well, I don't know if it's just... not my jam or what I don't know but uh-huh. he always has like a weird voice or some weird mm-hmm. it's kind of a mechanical voice yeah or yeah, do you just there. how did you get past I don't know I, that's 
that's an interesting question because every leg of of my journey for my own personal kind of growth or whatever it's always the weirdest people or <laughs> like some information here and there and, and stuff like that but um yeah like like joe dispenza i i first came across um somebody talking about him and so i was like oh okay this is like great and then i actually found a video of joe dispenza and i'm like ah he's so off-putting but yet some of the information there is interesting enough and, and kind of where the lord wanted to take me and uh anyway i've had so many people refer me to his different things and i never have i for some reason i just never can absorb it i don't know maybe i'm just not connected to it maybe i'm not maybe yeah, it's a different maybe it's not part of uh the leg on on your journey you know I, it, that's why or maybe it is and i need to work you know i don't know and maybe i'm just not connected to it but that's mm -hmm. it's just interesting because i i know he has really good content mm -hmm. yeah so what were you saying before i rudely interrupted you oh no not at all i was just saying um like the class that i've i've been taking uh with him and stuff um this is like a really great 30 minute introductory type of thing about uh, one of the principles that I, I think is highly valuable in the development of of faith personally and working past some of the brick walls that we have in our brains um, when it when it comes to faith. Like we're just so limiting. And um, if you take like uh, Isaiah's language and overlay it on top of any of Dispenza stuff, um, the veils of unbelief that we uh, put over our eyes as we go throughout the years just need to be rent. And uh, as we do take those off, then we come to be able to be authors of our own story and get in tune with the spirit in order to actually exercise faith in the future rather than just dwelling in the past for our whole lives uh, if we're just all about predictable outcomes we're just on autopilot and that's where satan wants us to be yet breaking past that is is quite a process of of liberation where we can truly become I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, we could become gods, right? Um, it, it's, anyway, it's just kind of interesting how Joe Dispenza words some of the things about how to unlock our brains in that principle, but then apply it to the scriptures. Go and find those principles in the scriptures because, like I said, I yeah, not everything that he says resonates with me, and you know, he's kind of annoying, but. Um, Anyway, <laughs> that, I was just sharing that that link to that video. I, if it resonates, watch it. But if if it doesn't, just throw it away. It's fine. <laughs> no, I love I love learning new stuff and hearing new. I'm I'm awesome with that. I just sometimes I'm like, how come everybody else likes him, and how come I can't? I how come I can't connect to him? But I don't know. Maybe it's just because uh -huh. I have a lot of same way about different things. Yeah, he has a lot of robotic voice things, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you ever listen to any of his, like, guided meditations, I'm like, oh, those are so I, funny. <laughs> I know. I think they could be so good, but I can't get past the, <laughs> I 
could just be my <laughs> one of my learning issues. <laughs> I'm so distracted that I can't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. But, um, so let me ask a question here, if I may. Yeah. As what I learned at Education Week and the books that I've read about drawing on the powers of heaven, let me ask just the first question. Are the powers of heaven the same as the power of the priesthood? Mm -hmm. Question. What's that? that that's I, a good question. Okay. Well, let's go. You, you think they are? I do, but I don't okay. know. I, I do. Well, let me just read this. This is for a conference talk. Um, Leave Society President, um, Linda Burton, 2013. This is really interesting. If the power of the priesthood were not, oh, by the way, this is by Elder Robert D. Hales, Quorum the Twelfth. If you can imagine how dark and empty mortality would be if there is no priesthood. If the power of the priesthood, notice he did not say authority, a power. Um, uh, were not upon the earth, the adversary would have freedom to roam, roam and reign without restraint. There would be no gift of the Holy Ghost to direct or enlighten us, no prophets to speak in the name of the Lord, no temples where we could make sacred eternal covenants, no authority to bless or baptize, to heal or come to our comfort. There would be no light, no hope, only darkness. The thought of the no priesthood power is sobering. I, for one, stand up and rejoice that the sacred power has been restored to the earth through the prophet of God in this last and glorious dispensation. So, my question is, so, as I start to Google priesthood power in the LDS searches, it says priesthood power is available to all. And that's exactly what we learned at Education Week, right? Right. And the main thing that governs priesthood power is one word, righteousness, right? Yes. Okay, so let's expand that a little. When it says it's available to all, does that mean all of God's and Heavenly Father's children? Yes. So, and I'm starting to have that opinion that it is. So if that's the case, I mean, we've all seen Legacy, right? The movie Legacy? Where right. she kneels down and puts her hands on the cow and heals the cow. She doesn't do it through an ordinance, which is the authority of the priesthood, but she doesn't do the power of the priesthood because of her righteousness, right? Right. So if someone is righteous, I mean... I look at some of these people who are non-LDS that have incredible righteousness. And I can't help but to think that their lives must be blessed with the power of the priesthood. of drawing down upon the powers of heaven, right? And am I off or is this right? No, oh, I think that you could be right. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Because like... Like what, um, <laughs> I'm getting all the lectures mixed up. But anyway, that God is no respecter of persons. That's lecture. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it was and very straightforward with that, which means that everybody has access to to him. If you have access to him, don't you have access to his power? Right. Because the only thing that authority does is gives you authority to, I mean, that's what differentiates is that it is what allows you to do ordinances, is the authority. Not right. the power, but the authority. Okay. So as we start to unwrap this, you know, unpack it all, um, you know, it, it, I'm starting to get a broader sense of what this power is all about. I love especially that. In the priesthood, I mean, especially in the articles of faith, remember two times ago, we said that he was no respecter of persons in any nation, I believe is what it said, right? Right. So if that's true, then gosh, I mean, because if it wasn't true, Satan would completely be able to destroy those nations that didn't right. have the priesthood authority there, right? Well, right, and I think that's one power. of our, yeah, and that's one of our unrighteous beliefs is that we have the corner on on the, on the, on the priesthood and that we're a little bit better because we have it and we're we're you know we're we have this ego that we're better and and really just like amy said there's a lot of people from other religions that seem to act on a lot more power than sometimes we do i mean when you really look at it sometimes we just like it's just easier just to follow the prophet than to really actively use our faith just exactly like you said, Stefan. I think we as members are far misled to think that we have a corner in anything. I agree. 100%. Except for one thing, which is the authority. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But, but that that's makes, where it ends. That actually book. makes the most sense to me of anything. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's oh, it. Awesome. There is a difference, however, I'm quoting between priesthood power authority and priesthood power. Priesthood authority is confirmed uh, by ordination, but priesthood power is available to all. It doesn't say all members. It doesn't say all white people. It yeah. doesn't say all females. Yeah. It says to all. Yeah. Since priesthood power is something we all desire to have in our family's home, what do we need to do? Invite the power in our lives. Personal and, righteousness. There you and, have it. Well, it's righteousness. And I think it's the active of, of faith. I think it's the active exercise of faith. You wouldn't be righteous if you didn't have faith. Mm. Right. Right? Yeah. So right, at any rate, I, I just throw that out because I've been thinking a lot about this since education week, but this certainly is starting to be a lot more encompassing over the entire world, which is why, I, and this thought just came to me as I'm talking, I've never thought this before, but if indeed this power is available to all of Heavenly Father's children around the world, would it not make sense that part of the gathering is to give them the authority now, which yes. basically are the temples? Because the gathering has just if you would just substitute the gathering to temples then you'd you'd be you'd be straight on because yep. the gathering is there for one reason 
to introduce them to the temple and the ordinances to bring them back in the Heavenly Father's fold. But doesn't it make sense, because I've never had this thought before, but doesn't it make sense that if the powers in all the world to those who are righteous, then that's why we have to gather them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And give them the temples. That makes sense. Okay, I'll be quiet. That's my only thought. No, it was so good. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. for sharing that stuff. And that's, that's such a cool thought. <clears throat> So good. It just makes you think a lot deeper about like humanity, just how much, like, like Amy said, how much faith people have. And so, and I think sometimes we're hindered by not hindered by our religion, but hindered by, Oh, I don't know. We just have such a kindergarten thought of it. Like just, Oh, just follow the prophet. We don't have to do, you don't have to do all this stuff. It don't, doesn't have to be this difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. And just like the prophet said, you're living beyond, you're like way below your, your potential. So here's another quote. I love this. Men and women have, have different but equally valued roles. Notice the parity there, right? <laughs> men, uh, it says, just as a woman cannot conceive a child without a man, so man cannot fully exercise the priesthood of the power of the priesthood to establish an eternal family without a woman. And I think this power thing starts to give me equality of people far greater than anything else that I've thought about. Mm -hmm. It puts us all in the same playing field, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go back and show that did you have that highlighted uh-huh yeah let me i need to see that again it was somewhere around here yeah so just as a woman cannot conceive a child and what it which is what is this one from this um so it's a women's conference uh linda burton i put the link oh. in the chat oh perfect that the one that stefan was referencing uh-huh yeah okay. So that's on page five, what he just read. I've always kind of felt like women would be giving priesthood blessings by the end, in the end days, just because we will have, to, we'll need it. But I don't know, that's just my, because when I, when I read, um, I where did I read that about when they, Joseph Smith told the women not to be blessing each other it was so that the men would step up and do it. Mm -hmm. He never said it was wrong. He never said that we weren't supposed to. He just said they kind of would like women to not so that the men would have a job. <laughs> <laughs> would just take a casserole and give everyone a blessing. <laughs> so is there really a difference for blessing, unless it's, unless you're doing an ordinance, if a woman blesses somebody. I mean, there's quite the precedent in, in pioneer history of the laying on of hands, right? I mean, it's just right. in the name of Jesus Christ, isn't it? That, right. Isn't that how that, it starts? Right. But it's, but there's only so many ordinances. And if you're going to bless somebody, it doesn't have to be an ordinance to bless somebody, right? 
right? So if that's true, then any righteous person, right. man or woman, can draw down the powers of heaven and bless somebody. Yeah. One Especially of my favorite books. if they have the faith that it'll work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Renlin's book, so both Dale and oh, what's his wife's name? Lynn, maybe? I can't remember. Sorry to her, but <laughs> anyway, they, they wrote that book on, on the Melchizedek Priesthood or whatever, and they talk about that extensively, um, that principle there. So I've, I've got to dig out my book again by Grant Von Harrison uh, called Drawing on the Powers of Heaven. That's a good book. Yeah, but now with a new set of eyes, I want to read it. Yeah. Now we need to reread it, Stefan. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't know anything about Von Harrison at all or whatever. And then Stacy um, had me read uh, a scene with an eye of faith. And holy cow, that one like changed my life. And it's like, like this tiny little book. Um, but I that drawing on the powers of heaven, like all of it is so key. And yet such few pages needed to, to say, you know, like a ton of. Uh, and it really hits this whole chapter really well. Yeah, exactly. What's the one you mentioned of his, Cameron? Seen with an eye of faith. Um, oh. It's on uh, Learning Zion as well. Uh, Stacy read it, and so you can listen to it if you want. But yeah, uh, both of those. Uh, Drawing on the Powers of Heaven, I think, is the first one, and then the sequel is Seen with an Eye of Faith, if I'm not mistaken. I can't Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, yeah just books that are real powerful. Yeah, they're good. They're little. They're fast. It's a fast read. Mm -hmm. It is, but it will change your life if you follow the principles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best books. <laughs> yep. Exactly. No bloviating, just straight to the point. Boom. Here you go. <laughs> but um, so kind of on that as well, with um this new study that we're going to be doing after lectures on the topical guide of uh, Christ, right? And isn't it tie into lecture four so well? Um, after coming back from education week and, and kind of deciding on, on that, then I come back to lecture four and go, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Like, we're just going to be taking his attributes, character, uh, his character, perfections, and attributes, and just deep diving them um for the next however many months right like i think that there's a lot of power in it and what did um president nelson tell wendy when when she asked so what of your it, study it changed his life yeah i i'm a different man i'm, I'm a new man like i think that you guys we're gonna have our whole life changed yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> all life's gonna change. and he was gonna 30 be years old man what he was like 30 years old when he did that right no it wasn't he married to her no my whole point is he was 90 what four? Oh yeah when he yeah, did yeah, it. yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i mean think about that i mean yeah i'm old but trust me i'm not that old <laughs> right yeah i mean i've got a lot Even of years before that. i hit 94 and it's like wow what a blessing this is gonna be you're a young buck compared to that. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that yeah, that's a great thought. 
Um, I, I highly encourage going back. We might actually do that in, in our groups or whatever, but go back and listen to the first time that he presented that to the, the youth in the, the devotional there. And he talks about kind of his preparation for it, what inspired him to do it. And then like, look at that. He, he's a changed man. And then he's so excited. He wants other people to partake of what he's partaken of. And he's like, okay, I have a daunting challenge to, to issue to you. Like, will you do it? Because if you will, there's some power there to be had. And um, I mean, it kind of goes on based on lectures as well. I, I think that there's um, a lot of interesting insights. I, I'm going to go back and review that this week. I've uh, tried to do it so many times by myself and I then I just flake out. I, I don't try so hard. to. I just, get dis, I just get distracted. I don't mean to flake out. So I'm excited to do it as a group because then I'm committed. Yeah. And as soon as I get that reminder, a little theme that comes up, I'm like, oh, I got to hurry and study. <laughs> yeah. So when I was on my mission, which was like last century, right? <laughs> and um, I was uh, in Austria, right next door to uh, Vienna is a small town that still only has a handful of members called St. Pearlton. And Every elder hated who uh, was ministering in Vienna to be assigned because it all rotated to go out and talk to that branch. So of course my time came up and I will never, ever, ever forget this. So I decided I wanted to talk on faith. So I took out the old concordance back in the day when uh, the internet wasn't even you know, a thought and I read every scripture and all of the standard works about faith. And I remember it changed my mission. And I have never forgotten that. And that was like a good 30 plus years ago and wow. then more. And I just can't begin to imagine what changes we are going to have if we do this right. And, and thank goodness she wrote a book about this thing. So we mm -hmm. can actually use the book and write in it and put our thoughts in it and because it if it doesn't change your life i, I don't know what to say because <laughs> i'm just telling you it will what mm -hmm. book is it cameron um let me get it real quick i don't know that i've heard the book what it was called i need to um, get it so stephanie dib Sorensen uh just put together a workbook oh, yeah. uh called learn of me and okay. so um, it just goes through each of the, I'm trying to do this and see at the same time, uh, each of the topical yeah. guide things and gives Ooh. a chapter on it. And so every reference that um, is in the topical guide, she actually writes out the scripture so that you don't have to go look it up. But um, that's not just to save time, but um, it gives lots of prophetic quotes and lots of room to to write in the margins and and additional questions to to ask yourself etc anyway what's, it's like, what's the name of the book it's stephanie dib sorensen learn of me learn is of she me. is she Anne dib's daughter uh somewhere along i'm not sure if it's daughter but i mean she's definitely related um she teaches down at byu um i bet she is 
she's somewhere right along. I bet she's President Monson's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she very well could be. But anyway, very handy workbook. It's 20 bucks on Desert Book or Amazon or, or anywhere. Thank you. So that's what we're going to start after this, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So that one starts October. How exciting! The next one. Um, just kind of going over that calendar real quick. Um, so um, it's, it's kind of like a once a month kind of a thing. Yeah. But if you're a diehard, then it's once a week pretty much. Uh, just rotates the days. So yeah, our first group is on October 5th, which is very interesting because that's Yom Kippur, which is the wow. holiest day of the year in the Jewish calendar. I don't know. Maybe that's coincidence. But um, anyway, we're going to be studying the, the very first one, um, the Bible dictionary on Jesus Christ there. So amazing. So has anyone, does anyone have the book We Believe by Rulon T. Burton? What's it called? We Believe. So we all know the book that uh, Bruce R. McConkie wrote, right? Yeah. About um, one volume. What's that? Is it more than one volume? No, this is one volume, but it is like uh, three to four inches thick. This mm -hmm. is kind of like McConkie's book about the uh, doctrines and principles of the church. But here's what makes this wonderful. This is quotations only from the Quorum, the Twelve, or First Presidency. Oh. So it's... Uh, it's a pretty good yeah there you go it is a pretty good book yeah it's the one you've got mom what was the well, it's mm -hmm. we yeah. believe by rulon what burton burton, burton. okay so there's two volumes, right some versions have two volumes some of them are just all in there. i have the two versions mm -hmm. it is a way good it's way good yeah yeah i have the one version and i work out with it yeah. Because it's so heavy. I just lift it up 10 times and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's exercising faith. <laughs> yep. That's right. Actually exercising that muscle. You were talking about that earlier. <laughs> like you said it, but I didn't know if you. Is he... oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my dry humor. <laughs> you guys That's are awesome. I am. But yeah, I love that. I might have to get me a copy of it and not borrow my mother's. You can borrow. <laughs> I know I've got so many books coming. Oh my goodness. Now, what I like about books like that and Mormonism Encyclopedia are that these are sanctioned um, by the by the brethren, the twelve in the quorum, you know, the first presidency. Yeah. Whereas sometimes not everything's that way, right? Mm -hmm. yep, yep. I just still wonder, like, literally, like, what would we do different if we had that much faith? If we, if our faith muscle was that much bigger, like, what would, what would that look like? What that would that even entail? We'd be happy 100% of the time. <laughs> we have the fullness of joy. Yep. It's true, huh? And we wouldn't have any worries. I mean, uh -uh. we would be, we'd have faith that everything would work out, right? 
because we knew what the eternities were all about. I mean, if you've got time and want a light read, the uh, John Pontius's two fictional books um, deal, it's squarely on that question. Well, what would I do if I wasn't hindered by anything and I just had full faith? What What are the possibilities? You know what, Cameron, you really should just sell books for a living because... <laughs> If I can make money doing it. Every time I'm on here, there's another book. Is it not the book you read? Yeah, I started, I, like, volume one uh, is the one that I did for the audio recording. But there's more? Yeah, there's a whole other volume. that. Uh, so the first volume takes you up until... Where did it, exactly does it end? Anyway, so, like, after his mission and all of that drama with his his wife and then the second volume takes you clear up until the millennium um so through the process of translation and how he gets there and what all of the tribulations look like and everything uh the second volume is really where <laughs> uh, the craziness of the story really uh ramps up even though the first volume is it, the first volume is like the tearjerker. That one got yeah. how many times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're awesome. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, lecture five next week. Uh, we'll see you all back. Same time, same place. Hey, <laughs> okay, thank right. you. Have a great week, everyone. See you guys. Yeah, bye.